This is the Love Swimming Podcast, powered by Love Admin's easy-to-use software that reduces your organization's admin and increases its income. Find out more at www.loveadmin.com. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to the Love Swimming Podcast. It's me, Clive Marquis, and this week I have Jason Quiterio. Um, and uh, from Ace Swimming, um, so say hello. Hi there. Hey, so yeah, we're basically we should go and talk about Ace Swimming, talk about um, some different aspects of open water and learn to swim in open water and just lots of swimming related um, bits like that, which is all about Ace Swimming really. So yeah, um, let's start off with uh, who are you? Tell us a bit more about um, your swimming and tell us a bit more about Ace Swimming. Yeah, so I'm uh, Jason Moterio, like you said, um, owner of A Swimming and head coach of Caradon Swimming Club, uh, a club in southeast Cornwall. Um, I'm getting on a bit. I'm 37 years old now. Um, I've been with Caradon for four years. A Swimming's been around for ooh, six, seven years now. Um, before coaching with Caradon, I coached at Plymouth Leander. Uh, I coached there for three or four years. Um, I swam there as a junior, so I swam with Plymouth Leander from eight to 16, 17, and then also played water polo. Um, played water polo with a local club, Port of Plymouth, uh, and went on to play for England schools um, up until 20-ish. Um, then got back into swimming just purely for fitness, really, to support uh, playing with the water polo team, the local water polo team, and just refound my love for the sport of swimming and haven't really looked back since. Um, went back into training, then back into competing as a master's swimmer. Um, absolutely loved getting that competitive edge back in. I don't think you ever lose that competitiveness. And, um, yeah, fell, fell into coaching then as well. So, yeah, full circle. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, what is so interesting is actually Ace Swimming itself is quite a, um, well, you said six years ago, it was quite a, what I'd say is quite a new kind of idea of how you approach to that kind of um, sort of tutorage as well. Yeah, so a lot of what we do through Ace, basically, um, I just try to offer opportunities that I wish I had when I was younger, um, living in Plymouth and Cornwall, you're by the sea. I've always been in the sea. I've always loved the sea. But the thought of being a sea swimmer never crossed my mind. I'd always swum in the sea, but never, never raced, never, never properly swum. I think if someone had turned around to me at 14 and said, hey, Jason, you know, you're five foot eight. You're not the most athletic in the pool, but you're pretty solid. You're hardworking. Um, you don't mind getting thrashed around a little bit. You know, all the things that led me to play water polo, I guess. If someone had said to me at 14, you might be pretty good doing three, five, 10K races in the sea, um, probably would have bit the hand off and just said, yeah, let's go for it. But that opportunity just wasn't there. Um, so a is really just born out of giving something to, to the local kids that I would have liked. And it, from there, it's just spiralled and... I guess it's kind of happened at the time where, you know, the pandemic has shut down pools. So if you wanted to swim, you only had the sea. The sea swimming 
uh, you know, population has grown massively. And then so many more people are seeing the health benefits of why you want to be in the sea in the first place. So, um, yeah, it's kind of just, it's spiraled and grown from there. Um, and like, you know, I think you said a second ago when we were chatting about, um, you know, learn to swim in the sea, getting complete beginners in the sea to swim. Um, yeah, it's just been great. Yeah, I think that's actually something that I really want to talk about is for our listeners out there. Um, Jason actually has um, learned to swim sessions in the sea. So instead of taking the kids or adults into um, swimming in a pool or something like that, you take them directly into the sea and teach them in there. So tell us more about that, because I think that's such a different experience. If you know what I, mean. I don't think I've ever seen that happen anywhere else. Yeah, so I guess um, I'm, in a, I'm in a unique position as a open water coach that my background is pool swimming and teaching um I first, well I've been swim teaching since I was 16 so 20 plus years of swim teaching then coaching in the pool I'm also my full-time job as a school teacher so everything I do is around that teaching kind of vibe um so it lends itself really well. I guess lots of coaches, open water coaches, would be asked by non-swimmers, can they take them in the sea? And the answer should probably be no, because the risks are far greater in the sea. Um, I'm also open water lifeguard, so obviously just from the safety aspect, that if anyone was going to drown, then I'm around. Um, <laughs> just to say that. But yeah, so it's... I just love swimming. I love helping people regardless of their ability. Um, it's something that I knew I could offer. I knew I could do. And there's, a, there's obviously different challenges in the sea that you wouldn't have in the pool. Um, but likewise, as someone that's pretty busy, you know, full-time teacher, club coach, if someone really wanted to learn to swim, I can't, I can't get a pool to do it in. I don't work for a local pool. So if someone wants me to teach them to swim, more often than not, the only option is the sea. So um, if you want me to teach you to swim, you have to go in the sea because I can't get you in the pool, unfortunately. You're not allowed to do that. Um, but then also you get a lot of people that want to learn to swim in the sea. There's, there are more challenges, but some people actually like the fact that they're challenged and they're taken out of their comfort zone from the start. But there's also a lot of different benefits that you don't have in the sea, uh, in the pool, sorry. Um, you know, it's surprising the amount of people that just don't want to smell of chlorine. Um, you know, we both know what it's like stinking of chlorine all day. It's not, it's not nice. Whereas for an adult to come and have a swimming lesson in the sea in the morning and then go and have a day at work, that's, you know, being in work, smelling of salt water is actually okay. Smelling of chlorine's quite hard isn't it yeah <laughs> so um yeah it's it's something different i don't know that many people that can that offer complete beginners in the sea um i also don't know that many people that offer complete beginners right up to national standard open water swimmers you know international open water swimmers and channel swimmers so it's uh keeps me on my toes and I, you know like I said I love swimming I love being able to work with that kind of um, variety of athlete as well yeah I, I think it's so interesting because of course that experience is completely different as well it's a bit more primal you could even say isn't it like 
the concept of learning to swim um, in an open water stage and then progressing up through that area anyway because as I remember I was chatting to um, some of my colleagues talking about before we had this podcast and I was like well just imagine it the first time you think about going to learn to swim you think oh I'll go down the local pool if you know what I mean you don't think hey let's go and jump down the sea if you know what I mean it's a very different kind of way but in some ways why not like I love it it's when we learn to swim we learn as a life-saving skill for when we're around water so why not make it more specific to that skill yeah and actually you know a lot of the people that I've taught from complete beginner um they started say the April time last year then when it's got we've had some really bad weather recently water you'll be more buoyant for one so naturally you'll float but also if you're swimming in a wetsuit uh, a good wetsuit will float as well so one of the challenges they have like the reverse effect of going to learn to swim in a pool where they would normally be buoyant in their wetsuit and with the salt water they don't have that added benefit in the pool so it's just i have to kind of say to them look you know be be careful when you go in the pool because you've learned in a different environment and it will be slightly more challenging uh, to go in the pool. But like I said, nearly everyone that comes to me for that, for those lessons, they want to swim in the sea. So um, just get, get, you know, get started in the environment that you really want to be in anyway. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's the best way. Cause then I'll probably say it's maybe it's semi easier going from sea to pool than it is going from pool to sea. Yeah, because you've got in the sea, you've got so many mental barriers. And to be fair, it doesn't matter how good you are as a swimmer, those mental barriers still exist. You know, you can't see the bottom. Even if you can stand up, you can't always see the bottom. You've got waves, you've got wild animals, even if it's just little fish, they're still there. Um, You've got seaweed. There's so many things which messes with your head. Um, so if you can get over those barriers from the start and overcome them, then it's so much easier. If, however, you learn to swim in the pool and you think, okay, well, I'm comfortable now. I can swim 25 meters, 50 meters or whatever. I'm going to go in the sea. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, actually, I can't see the floor or yeah. I can't stand up or what was that that touched my leg? You know, all of those things that we all have when you're in the sea. So yeah, probably learning to swim in the, in the sea and then go into the pool is a little bit easier because you don't have those um, mental barriers. Yeah, sure. And that, I think that's some of that resilience is something great that we could all learn. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think from a sea swimming point of view, that's one thing that lockdown has been good for swimmers, pool swimmers. Um, obviously swimming pools have been closed or were closed for a bit so if they wanted to swim you've had to go into a different environment and then from a coach's point of view it's like okay how adaptable are you how resilient are you are you able to apply your skill in a different setting they're those things which are quite hard as a coach to coach your swimmers that you've been forced to do it you know some swimmers weren't able to do it and it's it's not been nice um others have loved it and they haven't looked back and they're still swimming now even though pools are open um it's been really really interesting seeing the local community in in the plymouth area of sea swimming and how it's changed you know lots of um 
kind of groups of people that you've always seen at the life center that would be swimming in the morning all of a sudden because they were closed and now in the sea and they haven't they haven't gone back they've they're not swimming in the sea uh, they're not swimming in the pool they swim daily in the sea that's their their social occasion but it's also their fitness their well-being um activity of the day it's great to kind of diversify and open up different avenues yeah for sure i i think it's really interesting when you talk about um that kind of like variety as well because i I remember in lockdown trying to um still trying to train and of course um for the listeners out they'll know i swim 53 and this that and um i remember getting in the pool and we did some like aerobic work did a couple of k's swimming up and down this lake and i was like oh we need to jazz it up again so we went to this really fast flowing stream we would swim resisted swims up the stream get to the top take some rest then we swim assisted swims down again and we kept doing that and that that was quite fun actually <laughs> yeah there's so much fun you can have um you know, <laughs> river swimming is a different, a different kettle of fish again to the sea. Like this, there's lots of other risks involved in the river. But one of the things, especially if you're a strong swimmer, to be able to swim against the current, like you say, uh, resistance and then um, assisted swims in the river. It's yeah, it's good. I do it's enjoy crazy. it. Or, or you get the tide just right and it pulls you back down the river. And <laughs> doing a yeah. K in like ten minutes is great. <laughs> Lazy swimming. Start at the top and just float down. Yeah, basically. Or, or you get to the point where it's just shallow enough you can walk back. That's the other good one. Proper sprint mentality. There's actually um, one of the guys I'm friends with on social media does a lot of kind of river trekking. So yeah. he'll pick a river and they'll just swim, walk, kind of the whole thing, doing exactly that, but going against the current. So swimming and walking upstream. Um, not strong. my kind of fish. I don't like any of that walking, running stuff. Just, but uh, yeah. That would that would be strenuous. That I don't know. <laughs> Swimming is one thing. Starting to walk now and like run. <laughs> it's almost like doing a triathlon. That's a bit too much for me. Oh yeah, that's too far. That's way too much. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the other questions that I had, like so open water swimming, this that, um, and we were talking about learn to swim and this that, but also in a club environment and it's that why why should swimming because a lot of swimming clubs don't participate in open water swimming that much but why why should we why should we i know we talked about diversity and challenges but why should swimming clubs get involved more with open water swimming yeah i mean like one of the things i think i said a minute ago if i was given that opportunity of 14 to swim in the sea and compete open water swimming i probably would have stayed in the sport for longer um i kind of fat i've fallen back into the sport um but i could easily have not have stayed in the sport um i'm coaching now i think i'm an okay coach i'm all right i like to think i give a lot back to to my swimmers um i may not have been swimming if i wasn't playing water polo i wouldn't have gone back to swimming um and if it wasn't by chance that i was at a competition with my old head coach there who just spotted me out in the crowd and said hey jace why don't you uh you come and do a bit of coaching with us, then I wouldn't be coaching now. So I guess, you know, the first reason for clubs to be doing open water and sea swimming is it it will keep some of your athletes in the water. Um, it gives them something different, exactly the same as why swimmers should be shown, you know, water polo, for example. It keeps them in the water. We're all under one umbrella of swimming. Um, swimming is fundamental to so many sports. And I think maybe one of the failures of our sport is that we don't link in enough um we as a 
you know, a sporting body. We don't work with British triathlon enough. Um, but if you want to be a top level triathlete, you need to be a top level swimmer. If you want to be a surf lifesaving and go to world championships in that, you've got to be a top level swimmer. Um, if you want to be a, an international water polo player, you've got to be a top level swimmer. It doesn't matter what it is. Swimming is fundamental to more sports than just swimming. But I feel that sometimes we, we just think about the pure swimming aspect, but actually it, it links into so much. So I guess for one, clubs should offer open water swimming or at least give swimmers the direction to try it um, to keep them interested. And I know just through local conversations with coaches and you know, comments I hear from parents, one of the fear factors that clubs will have is that, well, if I send them down the open water swimming route, I'm going to lose one of my swimmers. Um, when actually that's the complete opposite of it. If you want to be an open water swimmer and you want to be swimming three, five, 10 K races, you've got to be swimming a lot in the pool as well, because you're not going to get to, you're not going to get to the top end of open water swimming by doing one session a week. You've got doing a lot in the pool, you know, it's big distances. Um, and again, I'll always say to the kind of the clubs and local clubs, um, you top athletes, you're big endurance swimmers that are going to go down the open water route, they need the pool swimming even more. They can't just go to the sea. Um, you know, from my point of view, I, I swam the channel last year. Um, not having the pool, obviously they were closed through the pandemic, made that challenge of training for the channel even harder because you just couldn't get that easy volume in, getting in the pool and just doing a two-hour set. You didn't have that option. So. Um, yeah, there's so many reasons why why clubs should offer it. Like I said, it's it's good for your athletes, giving them a different avenue, um, and also it's it's more social. Like everyone's got different challenges, but when you take a group of you know group of swimmers into the sea, they're going through those challenges together. They're more social beforehand. They're most more social afterwards. You'll actually stop and talk. You may get a group of swimmers that are doing kind of head up breaststroke and just chatting the whole time, and that's. That's kind of okay occasionally as well. It doesn't all need to be in a pool and thrashing up and down and following that same black line on the bottom of the pool. You know, you've got a different environment, but you're still swimming. Um, so there's also that aspect. Even if you do like a, you know, a beach day and get the swimmers out of the beach, have a barbecue, go and have a swim. And, you know, it, it's all good. It's all of those social sides of the sport as well, which, you know, you all know yourself at times. It's slightly different if you're a sprinter, I guess, but... Um, <laughs> at times you don't, you don't get a lot of time to talk do you no no i'll give you that it, it is different if you're a sprinter because you've got to recover more but you're still not in a in a fit state where you're going to be um you know able to have a full conversation so you've got that social aspect of being in the sea as well um and it it's probably more of a sport for life as well like obviously pool swimming is a sport for life as well but the sea is always there you know, the sea is not going to go away. It's always going to be available to us, especially in the UK. You know, we're surrounded by it. Yeah, different parts are colder and rougher, but it's always there. No, I, I think you raised some real valid points there. And it's definitely something that I think all swimming clubs should be looking at. Kind of, even if they all club, club together and create, I don't know, county, county-based open water swimming programmes that maybe come together once a week to be able to fill. Like, I mean... Down Cornwall way, you're basically the main open water swimming lot. So yeah, and that, and that to be fair, that, that's one of the things that I do with Ace. You know, I don't, 
I have in my club, Caradon, four to eight swimmers that will want to swim on a regular basis in the sea. Um, one of the challenges of sea swimming, one, you, your coach has got to be qualified in it, but you need to get a, be- you need to get a beach lifeguard as well. Um, that's quite difficult. One of the challenges I had in the early days of setting up is I can be a qualified coach, um, but I still need a lifeguard. Well, you try getting a lifeguard in the middle of summer when you're in Cornwall. Um, if it's if the surf's up, they're going to be surfing. If not, they're not going to be able to come and lifeguard one of your sessions. So that's hard. It's hard to facilitate it as a club. But like you said, if you can pull a couple of clubs together and do it together, you know, if I've got four swimmers at my club and then two or three of the other local clubs have got four swimmers, well, all of a sudden we've got a squad of 16 between us. And then you can cover the cost of your coaching, cover the cost of your lifeguard. Um, but individually, sometimes it's hard for a club. But like I say, if you can reach out and say to two or three clubs, look, why don't we do this together? We can chuck some, you know, a couple of quid in, it'll cover the lifeguard, you know, it'll cover your coach's expenses or whatever. Then it then it becomes a little bit more feasible. But I think that's that's certainly one of the barriers or challenges for open water swimming in a club environment is just you've got less swimmers that are, are keen to do it. Yeah. Um, but if you can pull together, then you can you can create kind of a little mini squad uh, bridging across, across different different clubs. No, I agree. And I think that's something that because there is open water. So England do run open water events and stuff like that. So but though those events exist, there's no real good build ups to it. Like I remember no. some swimming swimmers that I knew would train in the pool and all that and just rock up to the competition, never swam open water before and off they go, if you know what I mean. It's not there's no real training for it but then why couldn't there be because it's not it's not too difficult as long as people start talking to each other it's not too difficult and a couple of the local clubs to me have actually reached out to me and said look could I put something on for them you know last last year uh, I did something with Mount Kelly um, which was brilliant they had a they had about 10 swimmers that were training for the open water nationals um, like I said a minute ago they're big pool swimmers distance swimmers it was perfect. Uh, one of their coaches, uh, Neil Edwards, who I've coached with before, good friends with, is also an open water coach, which then kind of worked out perfectly, you know, from a um, kind of a best practice point of view. Neil was the coach and I was then able to be the lifeguard, although I was coming at it with more of the experience as the open water coach. Um, technically, I'm there in the lifeguard capacity, so we could work together to provide that. Um, but not all clubs have got eight to 12 national level open water swimmers but no. like we said you know two or three clubs together can pull together and do that no and you're right there, there is no progression to it you've got open water you've got the open water nationals you've got a regional event and that's really it um some counties run a county event some don't some just merge it all with the region uh, and i know from my own challenges in cornwall it's quite hard to to set those things up but once it's established um, then it's a lot easier yeah like, I, I do know some um, I, I train with a ex-open water swimmer who's now converted to 50 back out of all things um, <laughs> so um, but he talks to me and he said there's there is some open water does have a bit more what well, classes in excitement to it a bit more of a chat because he was talking there's um, a sprint open water one way it's all a down downstream um, downstream race for like a kilometer or something you'll just follow the, the stream all the way down I was like, that sounds so much fun. But then there's 
I, I don't know why, but that enjoy that excitement of it seems to be a little bit more varied in open water. There's so many different challenges that you could do in the sea or in open water that you can't do in the pool. And I think one of the, like, you know, it's risky, right? So you take someone into the sea and say, we're going to do some, we're going to race one kilometre downstream with the current assisted. That's risky. Yeah. Um, Swim England insurance is not going to cover that. So <laughs> it's, that's where it's difficult for a club. Um, rightly so there are risks associated with it cold water swimming swimming in the sea in the winter rnli would say that there's a higher chance of cold water shock and there is it's it's cold it's a different element of risk um you swimming like i said your swimming insurance isn't going to cover it so there they are plenty of reasons that make it harder for a club to facilitate those things but they also give swimmers that thrill, that excitement that you wouldn't necessarily have. And I guess maybe the, maybe a slight equivalent would be diving and then your, your Red Bull high diving championships. Mm. You know, diving from diving from a 10-meter board is not for me, thanks. You know, one meter is enough. Um, but I would imagine for someone that is kind of comfortably doing 10 meters, going up to that, what is it, 40 foot? Um, it's crazy like that, isn't it? Yeah, but for some of them, that challenge is, that's what they need. That's what they want. They want that added challenge. Um, but I don't, it doesn't seem to be that kind of tie-in um, with the open water swimming environment to what diving and the high divers have. I don't know why that is. But there's so many little different things in open water swimming, so many different elements and pockets and organisations that do their own things. Um, it's only when you really get involved in it do you start to realise actually there's loads of different things on. It's just not, it's just not under the umbrella of Swim England. Yeah, and I think that's maybe somewhere where Swim England maybe need to look at more is to actually bring everything together and like have it so it's all you could go to. I don't know if there was a swimming like I don't know Birmingham or something like that, and you can just go there and that qualifies you for whatever a bit more like am i right in saying the triathlon series are done through point systems aren't they and it helps you go up like why don't they do something along those kind of lines yeah i, I don't know really i don't know why they don't pull it and you know link more together under their umbrella i guess it's hard because open water swimming could also be said well that's under the triathlon umbrella a little bit because most triathlon events are open water swimming um so yeah i don't know maybe it's a little bit of kind of sport in politics that, yeah. that make that harder um but you've also got and this is definitely part of it an element within the open water in swimming environment where you know your core open water swimmers they don't want that they just want it to be free they don't want a governing body saying this or that they just want to do their own thing um so yeah I don't know. It's difficult. There's definitely yeah. a challenge of swimming to, to link it all in. But, you know, going back to the question, I definitely think clubs should be offering a little bit of the taste of it to swimmers. Even like it, even I said, if, if it's just one or two sessions a year of let's have a social event down the beach or down the lake, we'll have a barbecue, we'll have a swim. You know, one or two of those swimmers might love it. They might really enjoy it. They might say, actually, this is what I want to go on to do. Um, yeah. We need to revive the uh, USC beach workouts. 
Do you work out on the beach, go out, do your 50 meter sprints in the uh, open water and then? Well, I think CrossFit will probably nail that one, won't they? CrossFit will take it. But there's another aspect, you know, CrossFit also use open water or also use swimming in it as well. And that's where swimming is such a skill that cross over into so many different sports. I think I saw um, Joe Marlon, the rugby player, put something on um, on Instagram the other day about his fear of the sea. And it's like, you know, it's the same thing. You've got these big strapping rugby lads that as a team will go in the sea. You've got some of them that openly saying that they're scared of the sea or they can't swim. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter what level you get to your sport. You don't want to be missing out on the, uh, on the sea. Should we should drop, drop, you should have dropped him a little text, mate, and like got you out. <laughs> I did try and tag him in, but he didn't, he didn't respond. So he's, he's obviously too big time for me. <laughs> he's too big time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Igor, so I think this is another one. We, you almost touched on it at the beginning as well. But we were talking a little bit more about um, Ace Swimming as a business. Um, and you offer a variety, a huge variety. So you do your in-the-pool kind of like one-to-one sessions, and then you do mainly a lot of open water stuff. And we're talking about why is it important for you to have that variety as well? Because I also thought that in itself must be a little bit more better for you as a coach because it gives you variety. It's not the same thing every day. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know really. I, that's not really something I've ever actively thought about. Um, I just kind of go with the flow. Like, like I've said, I, I love swimming at every level. I guess you get some coaches that just want to be a performance coach or some, some coaches that just want to coach sprinting or some coaches that just want to coach distance or some teachers that just want to turn, you know, teach, learn to swim. Um, I absolutely love the whole lot, you know, all of it, the whole variety. Um, and I'm in a fortunate position where I can, I can do do that. I can offer it. Um, I guess the challenge is time management. You know, I may have someone, you know, like my day to day. I had two one to ones in the pool. I've now done a, a land based camp for my club. I've got some one to ones in the evening. Tomorrow I'm in the sea doing some swimming lessons in the sea. Um, so it's just balancing the time. But yeah, it certainly yeah. keeps keeps me on my toes it keeps me um current but also it keeps me in touch with that full progression through the sport um you know there's not that many people that will be able to teach an adult swimmer and give them potentially all of the knowledge that they need to get to being a a master's competitor likewise there's not that many people that would do sea sessions with kids sea safety sessions with kids in the summer and say you know what in six years time i could be your coach and take me to nationals so that's quite nice to have that full um you know access to the full spectrum of this full journey i guess of swimming yeah you can take them the whole way then can't you yeah and it's i mean last year we offered for the first time um sea swimming and safety sessions for kids um which was kind of general sea safety you know, things to look out for in the sea, but also a bit of swimming technique, bit of, I guess, learn to swim stage, probably stage six and above, a um, little bit of competitiveness, and then just lots of fun in the sea. Off the back of that, two, two three swimmers have gone into club swimming. 
Um, a couple of the parents come to us and said, you know, swimming lessons are kind of a bit stale at the moment. Maybe they started their learn to swim journey early. Um, so now they're kind of 12, a bit bored, not necessarily ready for a club, but yeah, okay, we'll come into the sea, do some of this stuff. We'll get the water polo goals out. We'll chuck a ball around. We'll throw the ball in. We'll get a platform out. We've got a big inflatable platform for this summer so we can do some jumping off. Um, again, it's just giving, giving people different options and making it a bit more fun as well, I guess. Yeah, giving them that access to, access to enjoy the water, which will then lead on to, like, I think, who was it? Um, Dave Saylor, when I was reading him. I know he's a very, like, scientific kind of like guy but he always talks about how in the off season with these guys even though they're olympians and all that they will just muck around in the pool if you know what i mean because any form of movement in water is still aerobic it's still sculling it's still movement it's still kicking it's just movement and that's just as key to swimming in general it is i mean my mum will always say she remembers when i said to her and i can vaguely remember this as a kid having the conversation with mum we don't go to the pool for fun anymore and you know as a a dad i i'm really conscious that me and my son don't don't go to the pool and play enough but we love playing in water you know it's great fun just like say get a ball throw a ball around go on in splash play with some floats go on the slides it's it's great but yeah you know like you said any any form of movement in the water has got crossover skills that, that are beneficial but also just enjoy the environment like as a, as a swimmer we're a little bit different to land athletes aren't we you know we're we're built for the water and it's good to just have some fun in it and that's another aspect of the sea you know last year as well as introducing the kids sessions we started although we were a little bit hampered by the conditions um to offer sea-based water polo um some of my best memories as a water polo player were playing off you know in in malta and in holland and playing in lakes and playing in the coast in in the sea in holland and um sorry in malta just amazing memories and i thought well if i could do a little bit of that down in plymouth then that would be great it's just that's even harder again to establish but um i'm hoping we can have a good summer i'm hoping it could be warm enough and we can get um get that going this summer yeah, for sure, definitely. I think that's that's just so key is about that enjoyment. I was just thinking, uh, it's a warm-up that um, we sometimes do um, in my school. And considering we're all like 21, 25-year-old national-level sprinters here, we'll swim like 400, 500 metres, right? And we'll call it tag. So you're just swimming up and down and you have one tag class and they're moving between the lanes and they've got to tag someone. And then, of course, you there's mixtures of there where you're going to be sprinting and moving down. It's just a lot of fun, but then again, you're is that changing of variable heart rates and stuff like this that are warming up this bodies, but just it's play again, isn't it? And it is. And again, you know, I'm, I'm reflecting now as a coach and I'm guilty of this. So I know others will be, there's a period in swimming where we stop that fun. Um, you know, I'm very conscious of it. My son's in one, in my development squad. So he's at the bottom end of my club and I know how much he enjoys having fun. If we didn't play games in the squad, I don't think he'd come along with it. COVID's been really hard for the sport in getting getting people in. And it's really important that that fun aspect is there. But then if I think to my national and regional swimmers, we probably don't do enough of it. And yeah. it's partly because we don't, we don't have loads of pool time. So we've got to be really smart in what we have. But then, you know, everyone needs to have that fun aspect. 
that was one of the reasons why I've done, you know, the land based camp with them today. We've done lots of kind of fitness testing and, and land based work, but it's also given us an opportunity to just play, you know, dodgeball, play bench ball and just have some fun with you, with your, with your teammates. Yeah, exactly. Um, Building those bonds. Exactly. And, you know, you'll be the same. I'm the same. I look back on my childhood, my best friends were my swimming friends, you know, I'm still in touch with them now. They're, they're, you know, and it's weird because when you're swimming, you probably, certainly if I compare it to like rugby and even water polo to an extent, you don't have that social time in swimming like you do in those sports. You don't have that non-stop banter like you might in the rugby field, but I've got great friends from swimming and you want to kind of keep that going all the way through. No, exactly. I think that's so key in that. Um, something that as you're saying is that even no matter what level we're at, because um, of course, as we said, there's dems- there's some um, examples of Olympians and stuff like that still d- still mucking around in the pool, if you know what I mean. And that's a key area to be able to progression. Like burnout in swimmers is also caused by the lack of enjoyment of the sport. So in some ways, mucking around a little bit more in the pool is key to fast swimming. Absolutely. I mean, mental burnout is huge. And I think that's one of the great things with social media where you can see top elite athletes and you just think, you know what, they're having a good time. And that's what we want for everyone. We had a session the other week. There was a, it was when it got really cold and there was an issue at one of our pools with the air handling unit and the pool side was baking. It was so hot, like literally walked on. We had, I had two sessions that evening. So I was on poolside for three and a half hours. Come the end of it, my top was ringing. Like it was so hot. And the set I had planned just went out the window because it was a threshold set. And I'm like, you know what? You're going to pass out in this heat if we try and do this. We did a couple of sprints, a couple of relays, and it's like, right, let's get the balls in. Let's have a game. Let's play this. And it, it's that fun aspect that, all right, I didn't plan for it, but the plan went out the window as soon as I walked in the building because it was too hot. Um, could easily have said, actually, it's not safe to swim. Session cancelled. But actually, there was an opportunity there to get that fun aspect in. Like you said, it's fundamental movement in the water. You're still using different energy systems. And ultimately, just having that social time, which you wouldn't necessarily normally have. Yeah, exactly. No, I, th- I think it's really key points. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jason. It's been really good chat to um, talk about all these kind of aspects and also top on a different kind of subject of like open water swimming and bits like that. So thank you so much for that also one thing i would want to say do you want to plug some uh, a swimming stuff like the website the instagram let's let's get the plugs going yeah yeah so the uh, the website is aswimming.co.uk and it's at a swimming one on uh, social media so facebook instagram um <laughs> i'm trying tiktok but i'm not very good on that one apparently my swimmers like to criticize me on it but i'm giving it a go but at a swimming one on uh, facebook instagram and yeah tiktok if you want to have a look at look at it but feel free to give me some tiktok advice <laughs> definitely i think we'll, we'll get some <laughs> listeners to put some comments in there oh yeah i dread to think what i'll get <laughs> well remember guys listening on the podcast um you can listen to this on spotify and most other platforms as well remember if you want to continue these conversations you can ch- um, come and chat to us on the love swimming facebook group as well uh, where we have this kind of conversation going on along with lots of other conversations about swimming open water swimming learn swim lots of bits like that so once again thank you so much for coming on and uh thank you guys for listening